Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Hey, this is the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast, where you get to find out about the best books from the people who write them. I'm Bex, and this week you're going to hear some exclusive footage from our Bookworms live event that took place at the Underbelly Festival in Oxford Circus in London. You can find out what happened when I chatted to Alex Milway and Stephen Lenton. Plus, I'll be telling you about some brilliant books that are coming out at the moment. Oh my goodness, September is here and the books are raining down upon us. It is brilliant. But first, let's go back to that Bookworms live event and check in with Alex Milway. Alex, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Come and take a seat. Oh my goodness now. Alex, how does it feel to be on stage here at the Underbelly Festival? It's amazing. It's great to be back in London. It's lovely. It's what I realise. I have interviewed you before for Fun Kids. Yes. But a long time ago, and about a totally different book, because everybody here might know you from the Hotel Flamingo series. That's right. But you've got a brand new series out. I have. Big Sky Mountain. Now tell us a little bit about it. So Big Sky Mountain, well, it's sort of based a little bit loosely on my childhood, because I I had a grandma who was incredibly strong-willed, and would drive us up the mountain, up the hill, well, I say mountains, more than hills, they weren't really mountains. Uh, and uh, all weathers, we were from, from the age of about five, we'd be up there every time we visited, sort of 10 mile walks, and uh, she just would push us and push us and push us, and it was through that sort of love and relationship with my gran and the sort of natural landscape, really. Um, I wanted to write about that, that thing as a kid growing up with a strong, a strong gran and being out in the wild, which is effectively what the story's about, going to live in a cabin, with your grandma in the middle of nowhere. What made your grand particularly special? Mm, she, she was quite a tough cookie. Right. I wouldn't have liked to have got on the wrong... I mean, I probably did as a child get on the wrong side of her, but she, <laughs> I, I remember being there with some arguments, especially amongst her sisters. She was part of a French family, so she had massive sort of... <laughs> terrifying arguments around if they were around. It was great. Great. As a kid, you'd be carrying... But they were... Yeah, she was just very... Things like she would drive a moped to work about 30 miles up and down the Morn Hills, even up until the age of like sort of 65 years old, she was on her moped and she turned up looking like Darth Vader. It was brilliant. She had a helmet on and gauntlets and stuff and we'd go around dressing up like in her clothes as kids, which was great. She sounds amazing. Yeah, she was quite impressive. She, and she worked for St. John's Ambulance for a long time, so she would always take us. I mean, I, she used to clean for women a lot younger than her and in the, around Morven and often would take me along, so I would clean with her. She sort of made you go everywhere she went. So I don't know if you've ever known Casualty Union, when you go to places like, for St. John Ambulance, you would take us to events like um, Three County Show or whatever, and they would have Casualty Union, and we'd have to sort of sit and watch. And Casualty Union is when people uh, sort of reenact accidents, and they have to kind of deal with it. So there'd be people with, oh, it was like sort of prosthetics, kind of blood and, oh my and gore, and we'd be sitting there, and they'd be fixing them up. And, um, she would, yeah, that was part of our life growing up with my grand. I have so many more questions about your grand, <laughs> I won't lie, but we should probably talk about your new book. Yes. Um, am I right in thinking there's lots of amazing animals in it as well, yes, including some parachuting so. animals, is that right? Parachuting beavers, yeah. yes. There's this great story from back in the sort of 50s, they were trying to rehome a load of beavers in America, and the way they thought of taking them out from a sort of town area and put them in the wilderness was to put them in a wooden box and then fly them in a plane and drop them out of the plane on parachutes, and as they'd land box would open up 
and they blossomed. There's a video of this on the internet. It does look, it's real. It's real. And I thought this would be a great way of introducing beavers into, into my book. I'm, so I'm not sure this is real. I just want to check. Has anybody here seen a parachuting beaver before? Anybody? <laughs> sure, okay, just wanted to check with you. But I love the idea they tested it out on one beaver to start off with. And so this poor beaver kept getting taken up into planes, dropped out. Apparently he started out feeling sort of like he was going to run away and get away from all this when he landed. And by the end of the 50 jumps he did, I think he was a bit broken. He just sort of sat there waiting. <laughs> I hope they gave him a nice home, maybe a little <laughs> hotel somewhere, a little mansion he could get away from. So he had a nice life after that. He took one for the team. He really did. So tell us more about your book. What is going on in this book? What yes, kind of so there's a young girl called Rosa, and she goes out to stay with her grandma in, uh, on Big Sky Mountain and, and live in a cabin. So she's going to meet a moose called Albert who just likes apples. And there's, there's the beavers, of course. There's kind of beavers. And obviously, beavers move into the landscape and do quite a lot of changes to the place. You know, they chop down trees and things like that, which people don't like. So there's a lot of. Well, the story is about people moving into another area and maybe causing problems, or it's about trying to get along really with everybody and all the different animals in the ecosystem. Do you have a particular favourite animal or an animal who inspired you when you were writing this book? Oh, that's quite difficult. I've got a dog called Aggie, and she's she's very definitely very inspiring. I also had a cat called Milo as a Devon Rex, and they're really weird cats and really friendly, more like dogs and things like. He, he would always sleep in my jumper, for Aww. example, I'd sit there working. And there's all sorts of, yeah, creatures from my life that, that um, their little characteristics definitely come out. Some of the things Aggie's done definitely, probably replaced into, into the beavers or into, the, into a mountain hare that's in as well, so yes. So what's Rosa like as a character as well? Was she fun to write? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, in the same sort of sense of, um, as, as Anna in Hotel Flamingo, she's, she's kind of confident, but she doesn't know this world. It's completely new. So she's grown up in a town or a city, and she finds herself in a mountain with nothing. There's no TV, no internet, no phone, anything. So basically her entertainment is just survival. So she's got to learn how to start fires and paddle a canoe and do all the things you probably would love to do if you could get out and about yeah. and, and be very out there in the, the wilderness. Do you think if I dropped you in the wild right now, no stress, no. could you survive? What would you do first? Oh, I think I'd be all right. I, I, I've got to be confident about this. Quite I think big-headed, I'd be, isn't it? Oh, I, I own the wood, so I've, I've started fires in, in my hand, you know, with the stuff. I've done all that, I've learned that. I've read lots of books on it. And I think that's the thing you have to learn, don't you? I, if, I, if I hadn't read all these books, I wouldn't. I'd say, oh, God, no, I'd be awful. I'd be terrible. Did you just say you could start fires in your hand? When you're sparking stuff, I don't know if you've seen people with, with the drill, the wood drill, and you, you pull the, the sort of like the bow, like on a violin, around a piece of wood, and then you get a little ember, and you, you literally scoop up the ember in your tinder and hold it in your hand, and you blow it, and then it comes alive. It's like magic. It's, wow. it's like being a wizard. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, I've done that and, and you sort of learn, the more you do it, the more you learn and it's confidence about doing it a lot and experience, sort of experiencing the landscape. You sound like some kind of Bear Grylls superhero <laughs> I'm crossover. I'm not like Bear Grylls, oh, I couldn't kill an owl, I couldn't do all that. I'd probably end up living off berries. I, I, I'd get turned into a caveman, uh, <laughs> but amazing. no hunting, I couldn't do that. So you've got this, this is a, it's a four-part series, am I right yes, to say? Yes, it's another yes. four-part, yes. So are you in the middle of the second or third or fourth? Oh, I'm right I've, I've almost finished the third one. I haven't done the pictures yet, but I'm writing the third one. So each one is a, a different sort of territory. Mm -hmm. So the first one is about rivers and sort of the eco side of that and, and why we need beavers and all that, how to keep it, rivers alive, really, and how beneficial they are for humans. And the second one is about woodland and um, bison and wolves and why they're quite useful in, in the landscape. The third's about the seas and the fourth will be about the mountains um, themselves. So what comes first then, the illustrations or the writing? How does or, it work? Uh, writing. Do the writing first, definitely. And also coming up with the ideas. Usually it's sort of a mixture of, of both, actually, but um, normally the writing, because it's quicker, it just feels quicker. But what's your favourite bit to do? Oh, drawing's really hard. Is it? <laughs> I find it really hard, yeah. 
I mean, I think once you've got your characters and you've done them a lot, it gets easier. But um, like when you start a new series, it takes me a while to find the kind of the rhythm of it all. But by, by book three, I'll be, I'm far with fine. Do you ever find yourself doodling on napkins and kind of the edge of the Yeah, I do doodle on lots of things. Ooh. I used to also with like, I used to always sit there and make things out of things like napkins. And you know, like wrappers of crisp packet wrappers or um, you know, a Kit Kat wrapper or something, I'd, I'd turn into a swan and do that. So hands are always busy. Well, if we follow Alex around later, and if you just drop <laughs> some rubbish on the floor... It won't be rubbish. It'll, it'll be, be art. It'll be a brilliant piece of art. Uh, now, Alex, I believe you've written a song that's kind of inspired yes. by the series. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, well, I, I like writing songs. I kind of feel like, you know, write the theme tune things, do everything. Yes. And so I, um, yeah, I like to fill out the story. So this song is about Albert the Moose, who is uh, an animal that uh, sort of lives around the cabin in Big Sky Mountain, and uh, he particularly likes apples. And, yeah, it's about his love of... Really. A, a song about a love of apples. Yes. That is what the top 40 is missing at the moment. <laughs> you don't get them very often. Don't get them at all. My no. love, in my opinion. Uh, brilliant. Well, Alex, do you want to give it a go for us? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I must um, put my hat on. Oh, that's all right. I would be furious if you didn't. Please do. I mean, we all want this hat, right? How good is that? It's a bit big. It's, no, it looks perfect. Okay. Yeah. I might steal it from you later, so I apologise in advance. Uh, so, can everybody give Alex a round of applause? Getting ready for a song. It's an absolute liability, I love it. <laughs> My name is Albert the Moose, always on the loose. I love red apples the best, better than all the rest. And do you know what else? <sighs> I love those humans as well Rosa and Anna swell I love their cabin It's warm It cheers me when I'm forlorn And do you know what else? I love those humans much more When they have apples that I adore So get some apples for tea Apples for you and me, I love those apples for tea, apples for you and me. My name is Albert the Moose, always on the loose, yeah. Albert the Moose, the Moose, the Moose, the Moose. Albert the Moose, the Moose, the Moose, the Moose. I might steal that hat from you later, just to let you know. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us on Bookworms. And uh, if everybody could give Alex a massive round of applause. Thank you, everyone. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much to Alex Millway. Oh my goodness, can you imagine having a song as well as writing a book? What a legend. Uh, now next up, we're going to go back to Bookworms Live and talk to Stephen Lenton. He's an incredible illustrator slash author, and he's got his brand new book out, Genie and Teeny. A very exciting author and illustrator, Stephen Lenton is here with us. Thanks. How's everyone? Hi. Is everyone all right? Yeah. Excellent. Can't see you now. I know, it's, it's amazing, it's isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, good. It's kind of weird. Uh, now, Stephen, yes. welcome to the show, first Thank of all. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I feel like I know you, but I don't, because I follow you on Twitter and I've read your books. 
Stalker, <laughs> professional stalker. Professional stalker. It's <laughs> what I'm admitting to right now. And uh, a lot of our listeners and people here might know you as an illustrator, but you've got your own brand new book out. Yes, I have. Yeah, I illustrate things like for Frank Cottrell Boyce and David Baddiel, um, but I've got a new series out called Genie and Teeny, a magical young fiction series. We've got loads of illustrations in. I'm just illustrating the second one now, and I forgot how many illustrations there are. I should write more words, really. Mm. Are you kind of annoyed at yourself for having to do so many illustrations? I need to do more filler, less killer. (laughs) (laughs) Again, publishers at the side, very happy to hear that. Yeah, my publisher's not here either, so it doesn't matter. Oh, it's fine, okay. And they won't be listening to the podcast. Oh, lovely. They're too busy. Be as honest as you want, then. Tell us everything. Tell us behind-the-scenes gossip, I love it. Uh, Now, Genie and Teenie is about, well, I mean, a genie, obviously. Yes. And Teenie the dog. It is. It's about 150 pages. (laughs) Dun-dun. And um, I should have brought my drum kit, Alex bought his guitar. Uh, yeah, it's all about a genie who is absolutely atrocious at making wishes come true. And therefore he gets thrown out of genie world because he turns the, uh, he turns the queen of genie world, Queen Mazelda, into a birthday snake instead of a birthday cake. <laughs> it's full of terrible puns like that. If you like bad puns and bad jokes, this is the book for you. Yeah, he gets thrown out of Genie World and then ends up um, falling into a park. He doesn't know anyone there. He fa- his um, lamp gets bashed and battered and then he finds an old teapot, an old cracked teapot, and um, he's convinced it's actually a magic lamp, but it is just an old teapot. And then he comes across um, Teeny the dog, um, who I won't say how they meet because it's a little bit rude, so you'll have to read the book. Oh, a little spoiler there for everybody, it's lovely. Got, it's got a bit of a wee in it. Oh, okay, yes, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grant thinks that it's raining outside his teapot and he wonders what's going on, but then he realises that Teeny is actually cocking his leg up against the teapot. But he's done in a very tasteful manner. <laughs> when I read it, I thought at first he was licking it, and then I realised what it was, and I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it was a bit, yeah. And then he threw the book out the window. Yeah. I thought, oh my goodness, we can't promote this. What's this? <laughs> Uh, so what was it like? Did you write it first and then think I have to illustrate it, or was it just like the genie was always in your head and you wanted to draw it? I all I wanted to write. Um, I'm a big fan of Sophie Hen's Bad Nana books. Yeah. I love the Claude books, so I wanted to write um, uh, and illustrate something that had loads of pictures in and was just silly, fun, and would encourage children to read. Sure. Especially having illustrated the Nothing to See Here Hotel series by Stephen Butler, loads of kids have started reading those books as their first reader, and loads of teachers at school as well because that's their early reader thing. So. Um, yeah, I just wanted to write something magical, silly, full of puns, easy to read, and um, just a bit daft. And tick, 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 you've written that. that I hope all so, of I hope so. And in their second adventure, they go to school, um, and all sorts of things happen. So, yeah, maybe the school bully, and maybe the naughty dinner lady, and the silly headmaster all have a go at making their three wishes. Oh. Yeah. And uh, now, what's the difference between doing something for another author and doing something for yourself? What do you prefer? I, well, I like both, but I think I prefer working with another author because then you're working in collaboration with someone. And when you're doing events, you get to, like when I do events with Tracy Cordery, who writes Shifty McGifty and Slippery Sound, she does loads of craft and reads stories really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to have a companion. Also, I'm always terrified. I used to get migraines. And I'm always terrified of getting a migraine before I go on. Because I speak gobble, gobble, oh, I've got, I'm having a migraine. Oh, no! I'm having a migraine. I speak gobbledygook when I get a migraine. Right. So if I know there's another author with me, I don't worry because, like, well, if if I can't talk, I can just draw at the back. You can pass the book to someone else. Exactly. Pass the book to someone else. I didn't even know I did that. Yes. (laughs) Brilliant. And now, if you had three wishes, obviously, I have to ask, what would your three wishes be? And you cannot, as the book says, you cannot wish 
for more wishes. That's not how You can't works. wish for more wishes, no. So there are different genie wishes. It's not just exactly like the Aladdin in the film wishes. Yeah. It's slightly different to that. Um, obviously, world peace, especially at the moment. World sure. The I feel like you're saying that because you know that you should. I think so, yeah. Beautiful. I, I want I more that. selfish wishes here. Um, I would like a li a, an endless supply of uh, Tony chocolate only. <gasps> yeah. Other chocolate varieties are available, of course. But they shouldn't be. That's and delicious. also, I'd like to have the ability to turn invisible <clears throat> at any time. What would you do? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'd go and have a. Go and, I don't know. Okay. I was going to say shoplift. I wouldn't shoplift, obviously. <laughs> Because they'd just see loads of floating clothes, wouldn't they? So that yeah, that's really the reason weird. you shouldn't do it. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes you just don't want to be seen. Though. Like, now. <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Now that's nearly it for Bookworm today, but before I go, I should say there are loads of brilliant books coming out at the moment. I can't wait for you to get your hands on them. We've got a brand new one from Michael Morpurgo, When Fishes Flew. I know it's his first novel for a long, long time, so if you're a big Morpurgo fan, check it out. Richard Lambert's also got a new book called Shadow Town, and Alex Folks has got one I'm very excited about called Rules for Vampires. Perfect as autumn, October, and of course, Halloween rears its head. But there are two books I'd like to give a special commendation to, a special bookworms hello. We got through some absolute beauts. The first one is called Beatles for Breakfast by Madeline Finley and Juicy Choi. Now, this book is brilliant. It's all about incredible inventions that could help you save the world. And it just, it's full of colour and pictures. And it's the kind of book that you would spend like hours trailing through, just looking at every possible thing in it. So definitely go and check it out. And the second book is Mason Mooney, Doppelganger Detective by Sierra Miller. Now, this is brilliant. A paranormal investigator in Halloween. It is going to be pretty exciting. It's full of parallel dimensions, doppelgangers and raining frogs. And it's all told via a kind of graphic novel version. Lots of pictures, lots of cartoons. If you're maybe not up to reading full book right now that is going to be the one for you to check out so go and get involved uh, that's pretty much it from me today and from bookworms but don't you worry there'll be more again very soon in the meantime like subscribe and follow wherever it is you listen to your podcasts bye Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!